No more in-person visits at the Cuyahoga County Jail, and its warden is under investigation for use of force. And so far, the NCAA is not canceling the basketball tournament games in Cleveland because of the China coronavirus. It's the Wake Up from Cleveland.com for Friday, March 6th. I'm Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn. Family and friends of Cuyahoga County jail inmates can no longer visit their loved ones in person, a move criticized by jail experts as a dehumanizing, money-making endeavor. Cleveland.com's Adam Faris reports the jail stopped in-person visitation February 3rd in favor of Skype-like video sessions. The option is free for visitors who make the trek to the downtown jail, where they then talk to the inmates through a device. But the cost is $12.99 for 20 minutes for an off-site option. This is in a jail where so many people died in 2018, eight, that the U.S. Marshals Service was called in for an audit and found inhumane conditions. Inmate advocates say stripping away in-person visitation will serve only to increase anxiety in an already embattled institution. In the kind of news that Cuyahoga County Executive Armin Budish surely would rather not happen, officials are looking into a use-of-force accusation against the Cuyahoga County Jail's still-new warden. Gregory Croucher was hired in a July restructuring of top jail staff, which Budish announced at the time was aimed at bringing order, humane treatment, and efficiency to the embattled jail. Cleveland.com's Adam Faris reports the county sheriff launched an investigation of a March 3rd incident, for which we have no details, as well as an accusation that Croucher ordered an on-duty corrections officer to drive him to the airport. Croucher has been looked upon as a solution to the jail's well-documented problems, including eight inmate deaths in 2018. The Attorney General's office launched a criminal probe of the jail that netted indictments and convictions against a slew of officers and top officials, including for use of force. Croucher's predecessor, Eric Ivey, pleaded guilty to telling corrections officers to turn their body cameras off during an inmate death investigation in order to hide evidence. Despite the looming expected arrival of the China coronavirus in Ohio, no changes are planned involving Cleveland hosting the men's first and second round games of the NCAA men's basketball tournament on March 20th and 22nd at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Cleveland.com's Mary Kilpatrick reports the NCAA plans to move forward with both the men's and women's basketball games and all sports but is monitoring the virus situation. Cleveland has a bunch of crowd-drawing events in coming months, including the St. Patrick's Day Parade, the Cleveland International Film Festival, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Reporter Troy Smith published a story Thursday about precautions that museums like the Rock Hall are taking with hand sanitizers and other strategies to keep guests safe. Republican Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan collected more than $1 million in campaign cash so far this year 
while publicly defending President Donald Trump from impeachment charges before the U.S. Senate. Cleveland.com's Sabrina Eaton reports that Jordan, who will be the top Republican on the House Judiciary Committee when its current chairman departs to run for the Senate, collected more than $1.1 million through February 26th this year and had $2.4 million left in his campaign treasury, as his public profile has risen from his vocal public defense of Trump, Jordan's fundraising has risen dramatically. Since the start of 2019, he has collected $5.2 million and spent $3.5 million. Most of the money he raised since January 1st this year came from individual donors in small increments. Here's a fun take on the weather from our data guru, Rich Exner. Temperature swings can be big when Lake Erie water temperatures come into play. Rich looked back over 20 years of daily temperature reports, comparing some data he recently unearthed from the National Weather Service for Burke Lakefront Airport downtown against data from Hopkins International Airport. The biggest gap came on October 5th, 2001, when the high temperature reported downtown was 79 degrees, though the high that same day was just 57 degrees at Hopkins. On at least 53 days over 20 years, the high for the day at Hopkins has exceeded the downtown high by at least 10 degrees. The widest gap in the other direction was April 13th, two years ago. The high that day was 81 degrees at Hopkins. Downtown, it was 60 degrees. Thanks for listening to The Wake Up and have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday with a new edition. 